Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, we turn our attention to another legal state, Nevada. Since legalization began in July, Long-awaited recreational marijuana sales begin here in Nevada in one hour. One hour, that's right. When the clock strikes midnight, marijuana will be sold commercially, and local dispensaries have been busy all day making sure that they are stocked up. This now makes Nevada the eighth state to allow the purchase of pot in dispensaries. And that wedding, this couple, they got hitched in a massive marijuana greenhouse. The state has brought in about $19 million in tax revenue from July to October alone. And that's big money for politicians. Senator Tick Sagerblum was one of the politicians behind the shift of attitude in the state and the man behind the legislation. He joins us on the pod this week. A man so popular with his constituents and pro-cannabis users that he was dubbed the king of pot and had local growers even named their plants after him. Here's what you need to know. Nevada was one of the four states to legalize recreational cannabis in the 2016 presidential election cycle. They joined Colorado, Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. Nevada taxes 15% on growers and 10% on consumers. Today, there are nearly 300 licensed cannabis businesses in the state that employs about 6,500 people. It's a big and booming business already. That's where Senator Sagerblom comes in. We wanted to hear his journey from the beginning. Public opinion was always very favorable. You know, we, last in November, we had 55% voted in favor of the initiative for recreational marijuana, so it, it's pretty positive to begin with. Um, and then we, in the last session, which um, ended in June, our legislature passed several pro-marijuana bills, so the legislature was pretty positive. But um, the reality is when it hit July 1st, um, everybody was very positive. And uh, there's been no negative negative press at all. No, um, we had a little mini crisis because of the delivery system, and who was going to deliver the marijuana from the grows to the dispensaries. But but the reality is, it's been just a very positive experience. And so far, at least, the tax revenues uh, are about 50 percent higher than projected, because the um, sales are 50 percent higher than projected. So it's just been a very positive experience. So public opinion was at an all-time high. The senator saw a chance to get in. He also says criminal penalties were way too severe and that people of color and minority communities were being targeted. First, um, I'm a child of the 60s. I'm 69 years old, so not a spring chicken. But I can remember back in the 60s uh, when we were all smoking pot. It was illegal, but it was kind of an accepted thing. And it looked like, you know, within a matter of years, it was going to be legal. And then I worked for President Carter in the 70s. And again, in D.C. and around the country, it looked like things were going to move the next step and go legal. And then when Carter lost and Reagan took over, everything flipped. And instead of going forward with legalization, it went backwards to just say no and became really uh, like heroin. Um, you know, the, the, the criminal penalties were exorbitant. Um, they were used against people of color mainly so that uh, lots of people have drug convictions and drug arrests um, uh, in the minority community. So, you know, but then seeing things evolve, um, 
as they would. I mean, the reality is a lot of people were still smoking pot all along. Right. And having, having to do another cover. Um, but seeing how the public mood was changing, I just thought oh, now was, was a t- good time for me to get involved because um, the reality is I knew as a drug, I don't, I don't promote drugs, but if you're going to use one compared to alcohol and other things, it's, it's the best one there is. So um, I just figured I'll jump on the bandwagon, let's see where this thing goes. And truthfully, it's been one of those things where you're riding the wave and I'm not sure if I'm in front of the wave or, or it's pushing me or I'm pulling it. <laughs> but uh, I tell you, you know, you think where things going to be in six months or a year, uh, double that because things are just going at light speed. I so saw this recent poll with 64% of the public in the country favor recreational marijuana now. So it, it is the politics, are, our politicians are way behind the curve with respect to this issue. The right. lawyers and the public are far up in front of what the politicians are willing to do. Now, people in Vegas refer to Tick as the king of pot. A humble man, the senator says that Nevadans are here because of more people than just him. Well, you know, truthfully, I get credit for a lot of things that um, a, lot, a lot of people have done over the years. And, um, but I've been willing to put my name out there, so yeah, everybody gives me credit. But, but the fact is, it's, a, it's a, been a collective process. But what happened was in 2000, 2000, we put it in our constitution to have medical marijuana, but the legislature was never able to come up with a scheme. And then in 2014, I think it was, the Colorado and Washington State both voted for recreational programs. At that point, I said, you know, there's no reason Nevada can't have it, too. So that's when we really pushed in the legislature. We'd been pushing, but not hard. And then, but for the 2015 session, we pushed for a dispensary system for medical. Um, and everyone said, oh, it's not going to happen. And it turned out there was no opposition. So we got that through with the two-thirds vote. The governor signed it. And then uh, we were off to the races. But the best part about it was we we didn't have an existing medical program, so we didn't have to take a program and put it into the government system. So we started from scratch. We used the best standards available um, for recreational so that our medical program was basically equivalent to a Colorado-style recreational program. So in 2000, after the voters approved it, 2016 approved recreational marijuana, we were able to just take our medical program and literally just flip a switch, add a 10% tax, and we were recreational. So that, that's why every other state that has gone from medical to recreational, they usually, the uh, initiatives give them a year to implement it. They've taken longer than a year. In Nevada, we actually came out six months early. We, we only took six months to implement it because they said we already had the system in place. And then... Tonight in Nevada, the pot pipelines back up and running slowly. Some dispensaries restocking their shelves after what was shaping up to be a distribution disaster. All of these bins were filled. When Nevada kicked off legal recreational marijuana sales this month, shops like Las Vegas Relief could barely keep up with demand. Edibles especially flying off shelves. It has been insane, actually. Um, it's been more than we have anticipated. It made headlines across the country and around the world, a shortage. We asked the senator about this. Well, first off, that, that was a little bit of a misnomer. Uh, what it was is uh, there was an issue about who could um, deliver the marijuana from the grow to the dispensary. And so the governor issued an emergency regulation to deal with that issue. But it never was an emergency. But it, right. it made great headlines. In fact, a lot of people uh, focused on Nevada because we had this, you know, we ran out of pot, which sounded like a great story, but uh, we never ran out. But here's the reality. We, we, um, the medical industry, in anticipation of going recreational, had developed um, huge banks of oils and things 
So they had a pretty good store set up for July 1st, but once July 1st hit and the demand was there, um, they started to work that, that supply down. And as you know, the plant takes about 90 days to grow, and then you got to uh, treat it, whatever. So there is a curve um, where we have to ramp up production. Most of the grows are doubling their their um, square footage, and so there will be um, you know enough plenty of marijuana in the springs, for example. But I think right now there's probably at least with some um, products a uh, limited supply. But that's right. just to expect that anytime you double the, the amount of um, uh, purchasing, there's just going to be that that between when you when you have it and when you, when you expand, there's going to be a little bit of a limitation. But it, mm-hmm. every, the the products are there, uh, the, the grows are there. It's just a matter of, of getting through this three month window. So it's Vegas. They get millions of visitors a year, and the senator believes that that also means big opportunity. Segerblum says they need to create spaces for users. This this is a perfect place, in my opinion, to encourage people to come here and purchase marijuana, uh, and that, of course, helps our, our tax revenue. But uh, ironically, we, we encourage people to come here, but then we have to say, by the way, you can't use it anywhere because you can't use it in your hotel room. You can't use it in the strip. We have no public consumption lounges, and you can't take it back home because that's crossing state lines. So buy it, but don't use it, which obviously is never going to happen. So from my perspective, we need to create some type of a public um, usage ordinance um, I would like to see have lounges, have uh, venues, have streets, little Amsterdam Street, you know, places where you can, you can limit people there to 21. But but the reality is people are doing it anyway. So let's let's publicize it, encourage more people to come here, um, and then monitor and see how it works. And if it works well, um, that's great. If it doesn't, then then we can change it. But you can't just ignore what's happening because people are buying record amounts and we know they're using it. So uh, let's acknowledge reality. But another problem, cannabis is still a federally illegal drug, which means that the casinos can't touch it because, again, they're federally licensed. So what does this mean for those millions of tourists? Well, they've been very um, hands-off or standoffish. Uh, you know, they, they don't encourage it, obviously. They can't encourage people to use it. But the fact is, if you go to a concert at T-Mobile or one of the, the managing venues in one of the hotels, they're passing joints around, and, and um, you know, it, 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 they basically look the other way. So, uh, but but really, the hotels need to um, have some place where people can actually use it legally, and then maybe go go off the site, use it, purchase it, use it, come back for the concerts, for the restaurants, to gamble. Um, but but so far, they're very clear they don't want it on their properties because that's the law but uh, they're kind of looking the other way because they know it's happening. Nevada businesses have already raked in millions in cannabis sales, and the state government is getting their fair share. It was originally estimated that the government would take in around $100 million in tax and fee revenue in the next two years, but that estimate could be far short of what actually happens. Job growth in the sector is up too. Well, as far as job growth, we're, we're actually reaching out right now to kind of get a, a hard number, but... It's it's definitely in the thousands um, already, um, and and again more more people all the time. They just the, one of the tribes just opened a major dispensary downtown, and they hired 100 people just for that one store. So it's wow. a huge number of, of things. But the other aspect, which I'm really pushing again, is is just Nevada is a great home base for a lot of these companies. What's happening is it's always been a very localized industry. Each state has its own little 
mom and pop places, but now it's starting to consolidate and there's a lot of brands that are multi-state. And to me, Nevada would be the perfect place for those companies to be based because we have no corporate income tax. We have great corporate our corporate laws. Um, we have great transportation. So particularly with the California market there, if you're in California but you're in other states, why not be based in Las Vegas? And then you can monitor all of that. Plus you can do Colorado, you can do Oregon, you can do back east. So mm. I, th I think we have a great opportunity to be the base for the cannabis industry, just like we are the gaming industry. So as states gear up to compete in this space and attract businesses, what makes Nevada different? Tick says it's their laws. The government, really, from at least in my perspective in Nevada, is not doing anything other than the fact that we just have the best laws in the country as far as tax laws and corporate laws. And we're just a, a very business-friendly place. I mean, you can do things here that you can't do in California and other states. Other thing is we don't have a clean air act. So, um, you know, you can smoke in bars. You can smoke in restaurants and places. So lots of things you can't do in these other states you can do here. So it's a great place to come and experiment, try new things. You know, we're going to have that convention here, marijuana convention, uh, starting, I think, the 14th. 15,000 people around the country come here. Um, it, 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 you go to that thing, it just blows your mind how... You can see where this industry is evolving, and it is it, the business opportunities are incredible. The minds that are thinking all night about things to do, <laughs> just it's it really is fun. But um, anyway, we're, we're 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 I think it's just inevitable that we're going to be one of the hubs for the industry, given our our tax laws and our corporate laws and, and our and our, our our we really we encourage business so much. We also have a hell of a lot of vacant warehouses, so yeah. there's lots of grows and things. Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.